back to a somewhat recent moment in history of the 1999 FIFA Women's World Cup, the third ever Women's World Cup in its short-lived history, and the first win for the U.S. women's national team. Join us as we go through this historic moment and its legacy and impact not only on the FIFA World Cup, women's soccer, but also the United States. Yeah, correction, it was their second World Cup that they won, but however, this World Cup brought a lot of significance to it, brought a lot of light into how soccer is known for women today, and especially how the U.S. became a standard for all for all nations around around the world when it comes to women's soccer. So, if you look at women's soccer today, especially the U.S., they're built to win. It's World Cup or bust. They have the best players in the world, and but to get there, it wasn't all pretty. It wasn't built in one day. And so everything began in basically the first World Cup, 1991. And yeah, there was going to be a World Cup, but was there a salmon going on? Oh, somewhat. Basically just the family members of, of, of the players, pretty much. And but that's where the seed began. Like players like Mia Hamm, Michelle Akers, um, Julie Foudy, some of the team members that I know, um, really came together. And crazy thing about it was that they were coming from college. Mia Hamm coming from North Carolina. And when it comes to soccer, women's soccer, North Carolina is equivalent to how Alabama is in football. They've had dynasties there, and even as Dean Smith said, where a lot of people think of basketball, Dean Smith actually said, we have a lot of catching to do because of the women's soccer program. That just goes to show you how good they were. Several of them came from North Carolina, so it was basically a 2.0 version of Miracle on Ice, but nobody paid attention to it at that time. And I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic as we continue to go through the events of 99 and that team. And, you know, as I, you know, mistakenly said in the introduction, I think a lot of people think that's the team's first World Cup just because of everything that happened. They won it four years earlier, sure, but no one really remembers that cup. It's almost like a blip in the history of the team, you know, so it's going to be interesting as we look forward going through how these things built together and climax and I think just like you said no one was watching soccer really in the states at that point the US men's team for years has just been terrible nothing worth writing home about you know and everyone was skeptical about whether or not the women's team could go anywhere whether it was worth you know supporting because you know no one fans weren't really turning out to stadiums to watch you know similar situation to, to hockey in the 80s no one was really watching the sport 
And so I think it's very, there's going to be so many similarities between these th two stories as we continue to go through this that it's going to be almost weird to see what happened just 19 years apart from each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, and really, obviously, like, you look at soccer today in the U.S., that was, it, it's a lot of investment into soccer. Like, people invest in it that I know, and it just goes to show you how popular soccer is. And in 91, they went into the World Cup facing Norway, which they were a pretty good team as well. They had their way of defending, but they won the first one. And normally, you win the World Cup, right? Oh, everybody in the nation is excited. They'll throw you a big parade, you know? They come to the airport, and basically they said, we just saw our families waiting for us. That's it. Nobody came. And then, obviously, 95, they, they played nowhere again in the semis. They lost. It devastated them. And then what? how the Norwegians celebrated was, you know, the Vikings, how they rode the boats together? Well, they did a line, all sat down, and just rode the boats. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just mocking them. Like, and that's where a robbery began right there. Just because these two, they, they just hated each other when they played on the pitch. But heading into 99, I think what... What helped 99, I think we should really give credit. But what happened was 94, the World Cup in the US. It was like, will it work? Will it? Who watches soccer? But 94 elevated it so that they can see how 99 became a precursor. Having the World Cup in 94 got to see. The, that's where the U.S., in my opinion, started to really creep in. Like, you saw a lot of players, like both men and women, and I've heard in interviews when they said, what got you into soccer? A lot of them said, 94 World Cup, and I believe if it wasn't for 94, the events that we're going to talk about in 99 and the impact that it had, it would not happen. Probably not, no, because the U.S. is world-renowned for not necessarily caring so much about soccer or football, right? Mm -hmm. It's baseball, hockey, ho you know, basketball, and American football that Americans really care about. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of stuck with that, too. It's baseball, hockey, and then soccer for me. You know, so it's just all these things. But, you know, the fact that 94 FIFA said... Let's go to the States. And I think that right there is like FIFA's way of saying, hey, we're going to showcase what soccer can be, what it really can be. And tons of Americans say, oh, I don't watch, you know, MLS, which is, you know, the American League, but I watch the FIFA World Cup. Oh, yeah. Even if my America's not in it, I watch that. Oh, yeah. You know? Or I don't watch Premier League, but I watch FIFA World Cup. You know? And so, like... Tons of Americans are like that. Even if the U.S. men's team isn't in it, they'll watch it, which is weird. But it just goes to show Americans love sports, whether or not a team they want to root for, like their own country, is in it. Whereas, okay, and that probably paved the way, but what really cemented soccer 
in the U.S., in my opinion, is the 99 World Cup oh, for yeah. the women's team and everything that happened there. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and, but how to get there, how to promote it was, it was unbelievable. Like, it's just incredible how many people they have showed up, you know? And I could tell, like, in this interview, uh, several of the players, like Mia and uh, Michelle and Julie, Judy, they were all like, all right, okay, we have the World Cup in the U.S., but how are we going to get it? We're only five years fresh, five years back from having the, World, the men's World Cup. And what a lot of these players did was you had no social media, first of all. So forget that. You only had no phones, no YouTube, none of that. So what they did is they basically, they went door to door. Like several of them, they went door to door. Several of them went and by word of mouth, like tell them, hey, come root for us. Like, the Women's World Cup is coming. Like it's going to be fun. And no, and, and really it was just, um, at first it was tough because there were some that like, we'll try, we'll go. But they were persistent. Still going, hey, come root for us. Like. We're gonna have. We're gonna do good. Mm-hmm. We're we're not gonna disappoint you and everything. And the first game comes, and some of them are like, okay, if they don't come, I don't know what we're gonna do. Twenty-three thousand, or some around fifteen thousand or something, showed up at Giant Stadium to watch the U.S. women's soccer team. That's incredible, right there. And, you know, quick correction. Yeah, they had cell phones. They had landlines. Yeah. They had the internet. So they had these things, but when we think of phones today, they weren't smartphones. The internet was still dial-up. It was very... The internet was still in its infancy. Google was just barely starting to come out. So, like, all these things that we think of today when it comes to the internet, social media, and all these things either in its infancy or not even conceived yet. So the fact that they weren't there just shows, you know, they did have to go door to door. They did have to do TV ads. They had oh, yeah, to TV ads. That's yeah. go to news stations and give interviews. They had to do all these things because otherwise no one would know. You know, it's not like, you know, today where you can just go make a post on Facebook and go, hey, come to the Women's World Cup. It's in, you know, California. Come watch us play and be, win the cup. You know, support us through it. You can't do that because it's just yeah. not there. Yeah, absolutely. And and really, all that hard work paid off. And how really it, it makes you think like how what they had to sacrifice, you know. And then even added to the fact that that it's like, what are you guys going to prove anyway? Because there were some some executives male executives that were like, why would we want to waste our time with the World Cup? Why? Females World Cup, like, yeah, the male was great, but why female? But that's where, like, we got to see what true, like, how, like, feminism was. Like, obviously showcasing that, hey, we can play in the big spotlight, that we, we can, we can show that we have talent as well, and that, that act, and we're going to show, especially to little girls, like, hey, it's kind of like the dream team. Like, what, like, what we did 
get a 99. They they went out there and they played how they played. They played the game beautifully and they went and they did what they had to do and got to the final in 99 against China. And that game itself, it was, it went back and forth. You could, like, and it was sold out. Think about that. A World Cup sold out. A Women's World Cup to add to the fact. Sold In out. the U.S. Yeah. We can't forget that, you know. Saying a World Cup event and sold out, you know, in France, in England, in Germany, China, yeah. heck, Africa or South America, that's, like, not a big surprise. They love their football over there. Yeah. That's what they watch. That's their team. That's their, that's their, their yeah. sport. But don't forget a sold-out World Cup event in the United States. Forget, you know, the gender on the team field. Yeah. For just a sec. Mm-hmm. A soccer game sold out in, you know, of 20,000-plus player fans in a stadium. That's insane. Okay, and then let's bring the gender fact into it. It's a Women's World Cup. At the time, that was just insane, too. Like, feminism and everything was in its infancy, kind of. You know, it had been there for a while, but it wasn't the same as what we think of today. So, it, you know, things were, were different. But the fact that, you know, it was sold out, I think just shows Americans were so divided on so many things. But when it comes to sports... We're so unified. Yeah. We don't care if you're male, female. We don't care if you're conservative, liberal. You know, we don't care Democrat, Republican. We don't care race, ethnicity. We don't care religion. We just want to see you play and play well. You do those things, you're going to succeed in, in American sport, sport, folklore. Yeah, absolutely. And with that World Cup in 99, they made it to the finals against China and basically I was winning um, even some of the ratings as well. We had 90,000 at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Think about that. The Rose Bowl where normally you've had the biggest events play there. You have the Rose Bowl game, you've had the World Cup final there in 94, like it's packed and to have 90,000 people watching and 40 million watching in the US that that really solidified what they were going to do the game itself you got shots everywhere and their goalkeepers from both teams from both the US and China's unbelievable extra excuse me extra time like a lot of attempts as well and it came down to the classic penalty shots and it went back and forth, but at the end, when the U.S. made the shot, and it, it was, um, if I'm, oh, I have this information, it's been a while, but when Brandon Chastain made the shot, scored, the game winner, the iconic image where she took her shirt off, celebrated, like that, obviously she had the, the, the sports, the black sports bra, she celebrated like that. It actually became a cover on Sports Illustrated of that year. 
that image to me when she did that. And I, I was like, yes, like that's expression of of how we are as as, as Americans and how even the world like when you when you overcome the odds to promote the World Cup with TV ads, with interviews, with going door to door, you're letting out that all that hard work was worth it. Mm -hmm. And quick question for you. How old were you in 99? I was six years old. So going by rule of seven, rule of six, you probably had, you probably remember that World Cup fairly well. Uh, just a little bit because well, more so than me. I was two yeah, years old. Okay. Just a little bit, but I did, I did see that final. I did. I was like, it was just hey, just something I wanted to watch, you know. But when I saw that that image, I was like, I'm never gonna forget that. And like, really. it's an iconic image. It's an iconic sports image, not just women's soccer or male soccer or even soccer it's an iconic sports image oh yeah and as you were just saying it really shows the emotion that is getting like let out in that moment you know like as an athlete you know baseball player you hide so much of your emotion not only during the game but even during so much of your playoff run or every and any, everything else that until you win you know your playoff first playoff series your second playoff series and then your championship series your emotions are just building up you're not letting yeah. them out and so that's why when the world series is clinched by the that team and it's usually by the defense because it has to be so yeah. that's why you see the catcher and the pitcher just run to each other and have this great celebratory moment of hugging, jumping, and just throwing things in oh, the yeah. air like they graduated from high school. Oh yeah. For me, as a baseball player, that's my equivalent for soccer. Is the '99 iconic image of that player, you know, shirt off, knees on the ground, and just pure exhaustion, exasperation, and triumph. Yeah, and that's in soccer. Like when it comes to a penalty shot, like. That is unbelievable, and and I've seen games end that way, especially finals and penalties. So that image was like every time you see a Gatorade commercial, it's there, or or sometimes I'll do sports moments. Top, I've seen. I think there was one time. I don't know what year was it in Sports Center. They did top twenty sports moments. It was there. I think it was number... I think it was in the top five. And... That... Elevated to what... Is the U.S. women's soccer. Like... Now I... Like... Recently... Um... My wife's... Uh, niece plays soccer. And... And so every time... I saw her play soccer... And her teammates... And, and their opponents... It makes me think... Where... Where did this start? And it made me back to 99. Mm -hmm. I, if it wasn't for these great athletes, then you would have not seen, like we saw Abby Wambach, Carly Lloyd, Alex Morgan, 
Megan Rapinoe, Hope Solo, continue on. And it's similar to how we can look at other countries once, once Brazil won their first cup, what they have become. What Germany, when they won their first, how they've become. You could say the same thing with Argentina, Spain, France, and men and women's, it was the US. And how that went to several countries and said, hey, we gotta do the same thing. And push forward, and, and also if we want to be like the US, we have to measure to their standard and really, really find ways to beat them because they're not gonna quit, neither should we. And and that makes me very grateful that, that as we watch the soccer, the Women's World Cup, it's like you're gonna see a lot of effort. And this is something we've had a conversation about. Uh, it was around last year. Mm -hmm. Like, you look at the men, yeah, it's showcase and all, but there's some that their effort is sometimes so-so. Women, however, they will scratch, they will they will do everything that they can to win a ball game. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it's gotta be when you're an athlete. You gotta give it your all. Mm -hmm. The teams that give it their all always win. And the players on the women's team that you just mentioned Morgan, Lloyd, Rapino, and so many others, they say they're let they're trying to continue the legacy of ninety nine. That was their whole yeah. statement of twenty nineteen World Cup just last year. The you know, your your wife's niece, the girls that are playing today aren't old enough to remember ninety nine. They only remember 2019 and all the years prior of yeah. Lloyd and her teams winning the World Cup. Yeah. And so, you know, they'll say it was because of these players. Well, that's just how sports legacies go. Yeah. It starts with one team getting the next generation involved and that team continuing that one team's legacy and getting the next generation involved. And, you know, I think it's sad that, you know, we want equality for all, right? Yeah. Well, when it comes to sports, it's almost, it's sad to say that it's not like that in pro levels. There's not really, other than FIFA World Cup the, in the States, there's not, there's now an infant National Women's Soccer League. That's now there. There's not really a professional women's well, there is the WNBA, but there isn't, you know, a WMLB. There isn't a WNFL, really. Yeah. Or, you know, so there's not these very many options for women to become pro athletes, which is terrible. Yeah. They have shown they can play. And if they can play, let's let them play. Oh, yeah. And so I think that just goes to show why, you know, in recent history especially, the U.S., women's national team has been so much better than the U.S. men's team. Because as a man, your options for pro athlete intensifies because you can be baseball, lacrosse, hockey, basketball, American football, soccer, you know, 
basically any sport you want. Oh, yeah. When you're a woman, those options become, at least in the United States, soccer or basketball. And then even then, you know, popularity is not I would, necessarily I would there. Even add, if, you, if you really like combat sports, I would even add the UFC. If you like combat sports. Well, yeah, and that's coming now to WWE. So there's now these other options too. But if, you know, you're a combat sport, mm -hmm. martial artist, go for it. Yeah. But if you're more traditional, like, there's not really a pro softball league. Well, okay, there is, but it's got, like, five teams, and it's mostly in the, you know, the central United States, mm -hmm. mostly in Chicago. So there's not really options for pro softball, which is sad because softball is kind of fun to watch. Yeah, that's true. You know, there's not really these options, and it's just sad. But I think that's one impact of 99, that now we can see the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League, mm -hmm. you know, with teams in Orlando, Utah, different places throughout yeah. the country, mm -hmm. and the WNBA, I could contend that these wouldn't be possible without the 99 World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. And even, um, I would even say that how... How does how everything correlated to that year, you know, and and like you mentioned, options for women, having options for anybody is key, and the more options you have, you can go either way, and I believe like, and even add to the fact, I think what made the that ninety nine team special and actually be better than the, and actually it, it's only taken several nations to catch up. But I would say mostly how the U.S. succeeded was because, like, we talk about women's rights. And it's true. They were the first nation to actually were like, okay, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they were one of the first nations to be like, hey, women, like, women can now vote. You, want, you can go ahead and vote and express yourself. And that really, um, that really got the trendsetter going. And for some of these nations... Um, some of them took their time, and that, that, that plays a lot of it. Culture plays a huge role in how you approach your teams. How, how what identity are you going to be? Like, who are you going to be? And in any given sport, and especially how the, the U.S. soccer team in 99 approached it, it was exactly how Americans approach things. We're gonna go at it, and and we're gonna do everything in our power to win the game and to win the, the cup. Mm -hmm. And regardless of gender, as an athlete, that's got to be your mindset: is give it your all, leave it all out yeah. uh, on the court, the pitch, the diamond. Just leave it all out there. Let the blocks fall where they may. And regardless of gender, that is your mindset as an athlete. How you go about it might be a bit different, but overall that is your goal, that's your mindset. And so, see, that's what the 99 team did, is they're just like, we don't know what's going to happen, but let's just put it all out there and leave it out. And, you know, they were like, we have USA written across our chest. Oh, yeah. We have the colors across, you know, our, our uh, what are the, the uniforms called? 
besides the uniforms, they have like another nickname for them. But you mean jerseys or? Well, the jerseys, but there's like a special name that soccer has for their. I know what you're talking about. I'll have to. I'll get back to you on that. So get back to me on that because there's like a special thing that they call them, but they have these colors for them. You know, and it goes back to what we were talking about with the Lake Placid team. Once they realized we had the country on us and we were representing the country, nothing else mattered. And so it went for the same with the women's team, right? They, they were like, okay, we're representing the U.S. on our home turf. And we hear it all the time in basketball, not in my house, not in my house. <laughs> You know, we hear it all the time in American football. Not in my house. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't hear it so much in baseball because baseball's a weird thing. It's different. But even there, it can be applied not in my house. You know, so like, the 99 team was like, just went out there and played and was like, if you want to win, you have to come through us on our turf. Oh, yeah. You're not winning in my house. And I think that was awesome. Oh, yeah. It was awesome also... Uh, it's kit. That's right. Yeah, it's kit. Sometimes I I rarely use that word, but yeah, it's it's it is true. Like that mindset as well. Like hosting the World Cup. Like we have something special going on. We're not gonna ruin it, and and that's why it changes mindsets of everyone, no matter who you are. That. You can achieve great things, and even um, even showcase who you even are, and that's what the beauty is of both World Cups. You get to know the player, who they are, where they come from, and a lot of these times, you'll find out. Wait a minute, he's going through the same thing I am. What, do you, and you find out what he's doing, what she's doing. To overcome it, like, like for me, like my first World Cup that I watched officially watched, I would say was the besides partly watching the woman the final, my first one that I sat down and watched the whole time was 2002 FIFA Men's World Cup, Korea Japan. I was nine years old, and I just loved watching this. There was this player that I, I will never forget. His name is Ronaldo. Not Cristiano, but Ronaldo from Brazil. Like, his charismatic, like, because I was a, a little bit of a shy kid, but I saw how charismatic this was, and he was a little bit shy as well. And I was like, oh, I, can, I don't have to be shy. I got this. And then after the fact that he had his hairstyle, I loved the hairstyle, was basically, was bald. He had a little bit of hair. I'm actually going to show you that picture. I wish our audience can see the picture of Ronaldo and the Sarah because there was a time go look it up like yeah you know we don't this is obviously an audio medium so we can't show you a picture but you know if you want to look it up so you can see what we're talking about do it yeah do it I'll, I'll show Braden this but but really <laughs> that was the haircut I wanted because how we played the game it's like with that haircut there was power and one of my friends did it I was like Dang it, I were, dang it, you look good with it. And, and yeah, and then from there, you relate to the player. And so, yeah, I would suggest, like, anytime you're watching a sporting event, especially the magnitude of the World Cup, get to know the player. 
get to know the person. And you'll find out, wait a minute, he's not that bad. Even there's been players that I'm like, that are jerks, that I'm like, oh my goodness, that guy again. But then once you see the story, then you look at it a different light. Like, yeah, he might be a jerk, but I'm like, sometimes, he, yeah, he did that with a purpose, you know? He didn't do it, oh, just because he did it with a purpose, or be like, oh, wow, he's not a jerk after all. And you come to appreciate, like, what players have done, and even the teams that have done, and I really came to appreciate what Mia Hamm, what Julie Fowler, Fowler what Michelle Akers, uh, Brandon Christine did, Brianna Scurry, the goalkeeper, did uh, revolutionize women's soccer and show the world that, hey, we belong in this platform as well, and, and we're Come watch us play, you'll find out the product and how we do things will help will help you understand that you can do anything that you want and chase your dreams big time. And you know, going back to picking an athlete, it can be any kind like athlete on any team. It can just be someone you think is cool. Go learn their story, like Alan was saying, because these people, you know, the more you find out about them, the more you can see others going through things you've gone through. And when you're going through something, you're always going to feel like, I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only one dealing with this. No one else is going through this. And, but, and so, so often, we turn, try to turn to others, but we don't know where to go. To see athletes going through these similar things allows us to be, you know, hey, they're going through it. I'm not alone. And the minute you realize you're not alone, your whole worldview in that moment returns to a different act. Yeah. yeah, it goes 180, 180 yeah. at 180, least yeah. to now you're looking at things in a different light. And I think that's the impact of 99. Forget everything else that was going on that year and realize the impact legacy of that 99 team is monumental nothing had happened before like that in that moment and not really anything has happened since that has been that iconic in sports history where things are just so iconic that generations from now they'll still be talking about the legacy of 99 yes and how it's impacted them you know in that moment yes like a lot of these players what, there were what, 11, 10, 9? And yeah, boom, it can happen to anybody. And and really, their, their legacy will always be cemented. It has been cemented. And also because of what happened in 99, marketing can take you places. Like now, I've seen, like I go to a Nike store, like I think I was like 12 when I went to a Nike store, there was Mia Hamm in, in one of the colors. Next to, uh, um, I'm going to see if I remember. Well, I think it was next to like Michael Jordan. Next to, uh, uh, trying to think of this soccer player, David Beckham. Like, I think it's Nike or Adidas, David Beckham. But I think that time it was Nike, so David Beckham. So I was like, oh, all right, like, 
women athletes to to market themselves, and that is true power. Now, if she would have played to, in today's in today's world, oh, forget it. Like she would have been up there. You probably would mention her after Chris, Cristiano and Lionel Messi, and really like as she to me was the first female athlete that that I was in awe, that I was like, I like how she plays. She's also beautiful as well, but her beauty she combats it with her tenacity, her persistence, and even her grace on and off the pitch. Like it is like unbelievable and and really like if it wasn't for like Mia Hamm, because she was the big star. It would we would have not seen other big stars, not just from Team USA, but we're talking Marta from Brazil. We'd have been talking about Bridget Prince from Germany and others along the way. We would have not we would have not known these female athletes if it wasn't for someone like Mia Hamm to pave the way in the soccer world to market themselves not just domestically. That's part of the reason why you and I wanted to do this podcast and it was just showcase international stars in to what might be a largely US audience. There's so many stars of different countries in our own sports that allow us to realize these sports are huge, not only here but everywhere. And soccer is a truly global sport. Respected not only in the U.S. but everywhere, because it honestly helped the whole world see this can happen. That and this is moments that I think when we look at iconic sports moments in history, they have to have almost a ring of impactful moment. Like it's it's got to have a lasting impact in some way. You mm-hmm. know, like '99 was like that. You know. Dream Team was like that, like Placid was like mm-hmm. that, and yeah, you know, they're these moments we're naming right now. They're American moments, but they're also world moments too, because they happened on an international stage. They showcased sports on an international level, oh, yeah. and I'm sure as we go further, we'll talk more about other teams. You know, we last uh, episode or two ago, we were talking about Croatia and France in the FIFA World Cup in '18. And we talked about their impact. And so I think that's just how life goes. That's just what sports are. So it's just fantastic to see the impact of not only American moments, but truly world history moments in a sports lens. And that's just awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. And really what the world we live in today you can go back to it, see it yourself, see the full game. Because I know I did. I ended up doing that a couple years later to get an understanding when it was the 20th anniversary, and it's unbelievable. And I, and imagine yourselves, you are in Pasadena in that beautiful July 
1999. Watch the game for yourself and think about everything that we just talked about. What they had to go through to get to the final, to win it, you know. After losing it four, four years back in 95, and then the grind, knowing that you're hosting, that the, that the U.S. is hosting the World Cup, and what they had to do to, to make sure people come, it's unbelievable. So our invitation is that, watch the 1999 final between the U.S. and China. Watch it. See what, think of it with an open heart. And you'll find out right away that what these women did opened the door for so other, many other women, not just in the U.S., but also the world, that you can do anything. And that no matter who you are or where you come from, you got the skills, you got the work ethic, you will make it far. And people will care about that. And they'll want you to be uh, a light to the world. And I think that goes perfect into what's kind of become my signature, like, sign-off of looking for the light in the world, right? I think sports has the perfect way of showing us the light in so many different ways. You know, 99 has that moment of just pure wonderfulness, a lasting light. 1980 had that, 92 had that, you know, there's going to be so many more moments as we continue that just show the light. So guys, we're in dark times, we got a global pandemic, social unrest, you know, look for the good, because if you look for the bad, that's all you're going to find. Look for things that are going well. Realize, yes, there's a lot of bad, but look for the light, look for the good. Because that, when you look for it, you will find it, and that is what we need right now. Because if we can look for, all look for the good, that can unify us much more than just saying this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. Because when we sit, talk about negative things, everyone's going to turn off because we don't like to focus on that. It's just human nature. Let's look for the light. Let's look for good things. Yeah, look for them and remain there. No matter what happens, remain in a happy place, find that happiness that you have not, and remain there. Don't, don't stagnate, don't dwell on the negativity, dwell on the happiness. Just like these, not this, the team of 1999, the women's soccer team, and that World Cup did, they dwelled in the positivity, that impacted future generations. Take the same approach. You will not just impact your own life, but also the life of those who you come in contact, especially your loved ones that watch your every move and will watch what you say and approach things. And if you approach them the positive way, your loved ones will do the same. So we end with this episode 7 of the Legacy and Impact of the 1999 U.S. Women's World Cup. We'll see you next time for another episode of Soren Sports Podcast. Again, find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or iTunes. 
where they're listening and feel free to comment on our on the Facebook page and what was there for you we believe in you and signing off stay safe my friends and stay safe you know if you're wanting to find that uh, Facebook page that we have it under our kind of like media company name and that's pineapple 22 media we're on Facebook and Instagram under that name so continue if you want to look for us and shout, shout us out that's the name we, we fall under that's why there's a pineapple in 22 in the podcast image so you know we'll sign off for now and enjoy life everybody Thank you.